You're listening to the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast with Johnny Michelson. Hey guys, Johnny here from Spirits People. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to tasting fine spirits without the influence of brands and marketing. So we're running away into February 2020 and today is the 13th of February, which actually is the day before my 40th birthday. So there's that. This man is getting old and having a lot of fun while doing it. So uh, yeah, what better way to do a podcast, blind tasting and sharing it with the world. So here we go, kicking off with another blind tasting and something that is absolutely exceptional. I don't know if you guys can see this in the video here, but I'm holding up the glass here and it is a very dark and very yummy looking spirit and I can reveal already now that this whatever this is sings to my heart it is absolutely amazing and I'm obviously talking about my preferences and uh, we will go through this episode <coughs> excuse me we'll go through this episode trying to assess and figure out what this is but I can already say now that it's something that I truly truly enjoy. So some of you guys might actually know just based on what I'm saying here what this could be because I definitely have my preferences in terms of what I enjoy and uh, drink quite a lot outside of just these blind tastings. So so anyway, jumping into this week's episode, I wanted to just say a quick thank you to my Patreon community, patreon.com forward slash spiritspeople. People join me over there, support the channel, the podcast, my live streams, everything that I do, and I truly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I keep this podcast advertisement free, uh, free, if I could talk, advertisement free, thanks to you guys. So absolutely amazing. I really, really appreciate you. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you once again in each and every episode basically because you guys are the best so for this particular episode again i obviously do not know what i have in the glass but as i mentioned something that i really really like so let's try to figure out if we can get some details added to this so i'll use the usual format so the appearance and the nose and then take a break come back with my tasting notes and uh, yeah finish off with a quality conclusion assessment and obviously a guess best guess of what i think this is so let's do it guys we are ready with the first segment here so the appearance and the nose and as I was talking about in the very beginning here I was trying to hold up the the glass to the camera here but yeah it's a very very nice and dark um, color in the glass here so jumping into the format so the clarity here is a clear spirit no haziness or anything like that the intensity here is I would say it's borderline deep here, but I'll say it's probably a medium towards deep and the color is amber. 
So a, a very, very nice solid color here in the glass. The suggested texture here, I think is about a medium to a medium plus. It's really generating some nice legs down the side of the glass here. So I will say, I'll keep it a medium because it actually pours down pretty quick. So it doesn't, it doesn't sit for too long before it starts to pull down. So probably a medium viscosity, but obviously we'll, we'll have a look at that once we hit the palette. So in terms of the nose here, so clean nose, the intensity, I think it's about a medium plus. It actually does give away a little bit of a sensation here just from a chin's distance. So I'll give it a medium plus in terms of the intensity here. And now to the good stuff. So the aroma characteristics here are gonna be very familiar to a lot of you guys if you follow the podcast or just know me in terms of the things that I pull out of the glass when I'm drinking something in this category here. So white bread comes across pretty instantly followed by a lot of vanilla, butterscotch, caramelized apples, some overripe bananas, uh, cinnamon, there's some ginger beer in here, not necessarily the gingerbread note that I typically pull out, but ginger beer as in like it's a little bit spicier, but still has that sweet aspect to it. So like a fiery ginger beer or something like that. Um, there's a little bit of melted butter as well, and then there's some oak, maybe some toasted oak or charred oak or something like that. You definitely get an oaky sensation, so we're probably dealing with a, with a virgin cask here. And uh, just in terms of the overall profile here, I'll just, I'll just say that it just smells like a classic American whiskey and a good one, not just a bottom shelf um, American whiskey here. I think we're dealing with something that's in the higher class, if you will. Anyway, <clears throat> that can mean a lot of things. Um, and, uh, yeah, in terms of, in terms of class, when things are good or not, like price is, is one of the things that can be a little bit tricky because obviously some things that are popular gets hyped and then gets ripped off the shelves and people line up and stand in queues and stuff like that to try and get this stuff sell it on auctions and like to actually try and get some of these things sometimes you will be probably ripped off and probably better off trying something else but regardless of of what this is um it's accessible or not i think it it has a very very promising aroma profile and it has it has that sensation of things being well integrated it feels like a really really nice produced spirit it's not it's not sharp or anything like that. I feel there's a little bit of age to it. Also, the oak is kind of one of those giveaways that there's potentially a little bit of age behind this. And the color as well. If this is an American whiskey and a bourbon, if, if we're talking about a bourbon, like you're not allowed to add any colors. So this would be all natural color just from the charring of the cask and then the age of the spirit. So... Very, very nice. Um, in terms of the ABV, before I kind of jump into the tasting notes here, I think the ABV is probably around maybe 50%, maybe it's a little bit more. So like I'll say a 50 plus at this point. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's lower than that. And it could definitely be higher than 50%, but I think 
that's as much as I can probably get to at this point. Um, we'll assess it a little bit more when you hit the palette. So yeah, I think with that said, let's cut this first segment here and uh, take a break. I'll be back in a few seconds with my tasting notes. and we are back with some tasting notes and uh, boy oh boy is this delicious I've said it before in this episode uh, very early on I think and I stand by the fact that this feels like home to me to some degree there is something very very I'll also say there's something very familiar actually like it seems like something that I may have had before I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to pick around my brain here and try to see if I can actually place this particular spirit here. But I think we're definitely dealing with something on the American whiskey side. I think that's pretty obvious to me at this point. Um, but again, I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, so regardless, let's jump into the palette and uh, yeah, we'll see where this takes us. So in terms of the sweetness level, first of all, I think this is a dry spirit. I don't think there's any any kind of sugar or anything added to this. So I think, yeah, dry spirits. Intensity is about a medium plus. The volume on the palate is actually, it's pretty big. It has a big mouthfeel, it's warming, it's mouthfeeling, and it's also probably around a medium plus on the viscosity here. It's very, very oily in the mouth. Um, absolutely beautiful textures on this, this whiskey here. So yeah, moving into the characteristics themselves, like again, caramel, some toasted oak, vanilla, cinnamon, the overripe bananas kind of carry through. The white bread is actually still there, which I have some theories around that in terms of that, meaning that there's some wheat in this mash bill here. So this could be a weeded bourbon and also some toasted oak, uh, which kind of leans into that maturation aspect of of American whiskey, I tend to get the toasted oak or charred oak when um, when I when I get that kind of American whiskey sensation. It's it's the virgin oak, the the newly charred oak barrels uh, that tends to give that away for me. Um, sometimes it can also be for let's say for Scotch as an example or any kind of other uh, spirit. It can be that it's been aged in ex bourbon casks. Um, so just bearing that in mind. But I think the profile here overall definitely leans toward the American whiskey and potentially a weeded bourbon here, which narrows it down for me quite a lot. If there's a familiarity to this and it's a weeded bourbon, I can probably count on my two hands um, the the type of whiskeys that it could potentially be here. So so I'll, I'll, I'll continue to process this aspect of, of what I think it is for for at least a few more minutes before I kind of make up my mind here. But in terms of, yeah, the overall profile, absolutely beautiful. I, I definitely enjoy this uh, quite a lot, as I'm sure you can tell. So in terms of the, <clears throat> the finish here, again, very long, very complex. A lot of the things that linger are the caramel, the oak and vanilla, which again is very typical for the American whiskey. Um, especially when you have a, a nicer quality spirit here, you will get those very classic notes, and not just a singular note, but multiple different aspects of the profile will kind of linger for some time. And I think this one here does that beautifully. 
and also just talking about the link between everything the journey as I, I, I keep talking about when I when I try things blind here in terms of how everything takes you on a journey isn't in, in an expected journey is a an, an evolution of of the journey as you move through or is it kind of a broken journey sometimes and all, each of those aspects can kind of tell me a little bit about the the quality of the spirit if you will <clears throat> so uh what was i saying i lost the plot there for a second <laughs> let's see let's bring it back let's bring it back um so in terms of 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 what i was saying here um the the journey is 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 nicely linked and i'll jump into the abv here as well because i think that what i was saying on the nose here is that it was probably around the 50 mark probably even more than that and i think i will bump it up to 55 percent around the 55 percent mark um, which for me could mean that it's uh, it i'm not sure um, i'm gonna just jump into it because i think um it think it just feels very familiar to me so i'll say that it, it's potentially like a weller 107 and it could be a store pick because it doesn't feel like the very classic weller 107 profile so potentially a store pick for that or it could be that this is the Weller Foolproof, which I've, as far as I remember, I have a sample of that from someone somewhere, whether or not that actually made it into the giant bucket of, of, of samples for, for the podcast here. I'm actually not sure, but I definitely know that I have one of those. I have multiple samples of 107s, and the way that I do it right now, just for full disclosure, is that I have a ton of samples here that I've gotten from a lot of different people and uh, <laughs> obviously I don't ask everyone to just send me blind samples all the time but my wife is kind of the intermediary here so I'll, I'll put everything into a bucket and then she will kind of either pour them for me ahead of the time so I can record the podcast or I'll ask her to kind of pour a few of them into anonymous sample bottles and then write a little note and put it in a small envelope that I have next to it so that I can do these as blind as you possibly can. Obviously, I'm aware of some of the samples I have, so which is what I'm thinking about right now. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, and obviously this is kind of cheating because it's not the way that you should do it. You shouldn't just think about what you have, but you should try to analyze it as as uh, in a neutral environment if you will as as possible but it definitely just feels very familiar to me and uh yeah i'll say it's it's probably in the weller family and uh yeah let's let's just put that out there anyway so in terms of the quality level like regardless of whether or not this is a weller or not i will say that it's outstanding i think everything that i've said and and regardless of me actually uh, having a, a very clear preference for this i think everything that i have here in front of me in terms of my notes really just speaks to that assessment like the volume of aroma characteristics that i was able to pick out the fact that they're beautifully linked and they don't really they don't generate this aspect of like you just get a bunch of different notes like they're they're nicely integrated into the spirits you get a sense of the age on the nose you get the link between the nose and the palate you have a long finish a complex finish a very viscous spirit like all of those things together 
regardless of whether or not I would have liked it or not, I think just proves that this is a very, very outstanding uh, produced spirit. So I think, I think that's pretty much it. Let's actually go to the reveal of this so that I can be put out of my misery. So, so there we go. See you in a second. guys and we are back with the reveal and I am very wrong here as usual it's been a while since I've actually cracked the nut here on something uh, but regardless of this I am truly enjoying this and I'm not actually too surprised like it is an American whiskey it's not a weeder it's a, the Elijah Craig single barrel from and it's not 78 years old here and it is uh, about, I'm guessing that it's between seven and eight years old. It's 45%, which I am very surprised about. The volume of this is incredible. It comes across as so much higher, like 45%. I'm so impressed. I, yeah, I don't know what to say about that because it just feels, it feels untrue to me. Like, it just has such a volume and also so this is an older distillate from this from the 90s here so potentially uh, a little bit of an earlier um, earlier release here from from Elijah Craig so I have not had too many of the older Elijah Craig bottlings here so I don't I don't actually recognize the profile that much in in terms of of just being from uh, from that distillate but man this is just so good i'm quite confused about the 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 white bread note in here because that to me was quite present which was kind of what and as soon as i thought about that i kind of just locked myself into the weeded bourbon path and and i couldn't really get that out of my head so i think yeah potentially again something that i i truly struggle with is is once I've gotten something into my head, I can't really let go of it. So maintaining an open mind throughout an entire tasting is truly difficult. And I, I'm, I'm realizing this because obviously there's there's not a there's not a weeded Elijah Craig out there. So yeah. Anyway, regardless of that, whoever has given me this, and I can see that it's from the Nordic bourbon community. So I am actually suspecting that this comes from my fellow Dane and bourbon enthusiast, Mr. Henrik Brandt. So he sent me this little thing here. I don't know if you can see it on the camera. Probably can't. Anyway, regardless of that, Henrik, I'm almost certain that this comes from you. So if you're listening or watching, thank you so much for sharing this with me. It's absolutely outstanding oh wow <laughs> uh, there's probably very little chance of me finding a bottle of this but uh, I would I would definitely give it a go maybe I'll have to uh, check out the auction sites and see if this is something I can pick up because this to me is is just beautiful absolutely beautiful and if you like american whiskey i'll, I'll de definitely highly recommend i'll highly recommend elijah craig as a brand overall particularly their their bell proof um, editions that they do release i believe a couple of times a year and it's just a very very nice and very solid bourbon profile 
And uh, yeah, for me, it's it's one of those things that's been a staple in my cabinet for a long time. The old Elijah Craig, 12-year-old, used to be the one that I would make old fashions with on a sometimes daily basis, but at least I would have uh, a few of those over each weekend. But yeah, unfortunately, now it's been discontinued, so the age-dated version of that has, has disappeared. I still have a few tucked away in my cabinet, but yeah, it's it's not something that you see on the shelves anymore. Um, the newer versions are okay. I'll definitely highly recommend the barrel-proof versions. Uh, to me, it just packs a little bit more of a punch, and obviously, if it's too strong, you can always add a little water. So, so yeah, there's that. Again, Henrik, thank you so much for sharing this, and thank you so much for listening and watching this episode of the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast. If you enjoy it, feel free to subscribe in your favorite podcast app or like and subscribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, if you fancy giving me a review on the podcast, whether this is iTunes or Spotify, if you can actually leave reviews, I'm not sure. But yeah, if you do, um, I'll be very thankful. I'm not sure exactly how it works around the different apps. Uh, I do know you can do it on iTunes. Uh, but much appreciate it. And uh, yeah. I think that's it. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will see you guys next week. Peace out.